Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the No Cap Podcast. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Sasha. What's going on? And Arun. Yo, how's it going, guys? Unfortunately, we're gathered here not just to talk about the Raptors' uh, euphoric win over the Lakers, but uh, in large part because of Donald Cherry's racist ass finally getting canned after uh, many years of discriminatory comments the most recent one he gave on hockey night in canada uh over the weekend where he said quote you people you love our way of life you love our milk and honey at least you can pay a couple of bucks for a poppy or something like that these guys paid for your life that you enjoy in canada these guys paid the biggest price and i'll say this off, off the bat like this is uh almost par for the course for don cherry um but it just seemed to have struck a particular chord. Obviously, it's very clear why this is um, divisive, especially for someone to say this on such a big platform um, on, I guess, Sportsnet and also CBC. But this implication, you people versus our, uh, in Canada especially. But um, the three of us, we are all Canadian citizens. Arun, you were born here. Sasha, were you born here? Yes, I was. Sasha was born here. I came here at a very early age. Um, and you know, we are all Canadian citizens, but it's just, it, it hits at something that is, um, you know, it's just, it's deeply divisive. It's deeply divisive. And, I, and I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, that he's finally out of here. Arun, you've been thinking about this. You've been covering this all day for Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, what are your thoughts and personally on the whole thing? Well, yeah, soon to be all week, man. Um, I mean, cause let's face it, this story's going to have life of its own. Um, what are my thoughts on all of this? Well, it could occupy the whole pod, but, um, Let's start from the top. Like, okay, Saturday night I was at the Leafs game, the second of which this week, the first of which I went with Sasha. Um, so, yeah, I was at the game. And during the first intermission, I was just checking my phone, as one does, and it was like, oh, Don Cherry said some wild shit. And you're like, okay, that's part of the course. So I only got a chance to listen to his full remarks when I got home from the game that night, and it was it was appalled. And, you know, there's obviously been some shit posters being like, well, Cherry's been racist for over two decades, if not more. And... Like, why is it a surprise to you? But it's not, it's not like, it, it's not because of the novelty sake. Like, it's not like, oh, this is his first or his fifth or his tenth reason. But um, for me, it was like his narrow definition of what it means to be Canadian. Yeah. Like, like, if you don't buy a poppy, you're not Canadian. Or like, people in Toronto or, you know, immigrants across the country are not Canadian because they don't, you know, they don't buy poppies. That was the upsetting part to me. Because like, you know... Cherry has a long history of like you know being pro nationalist ever since 1990 at least publicly, you know. So it's not the novelty factor or the shock value, but it's the narrow definition of what it means to be Canadian. And then to also use the Hockey Night in Canada platform, which is an embedded institution in this country, to use use that to spew that. Also, was unchecked and unprovoked. Like you got a six minute, you have a five minute window to discuss what's topical in hockey that week, and you spend it at, to take an unchecked rant at immigrants like. Fucked up, man. Um, he had to go. Um, but I think going forward, it will now allow a new audience to come into hockey, right? Like so many people have been like, well, I don't fuck with hockey because of people like Don Cherry, right? I'm sure you've said that or people have said that around me and people both in media and fans have said, well, you know, oh, yeah, it seems like Dan is a good place talent-wise, right? But, like, I'm not going to fuck with hockey, you know? Like, I'm not going to listen to Don Cherry, and Don, Ch- Don Cherry is the avatar for the subtle and overt racism in hockey, and now he's gone. So I guess that's the starting point for me. Sasha, what about you? 
Yeah, I mean, it, I guess I echo a lot of Arun's thoughts in this. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because uh, Rogers, you know, it was a much publicized deal. I think it was 2013 or no, it was 2014, actually, when they got the rights, uh, the majority of the rights for NHL games. And it was a big deal. You know, they had a huge announcement. And I don't know if you guys remember, but you know who the face of that whole announcement was? It wasn't Don Cherry. It was Strombo. And uh, they tried to really, you know, push, push, push George Strombolopoulos, for better or for worse, uh, you know, into their broadcasts and make him an integral part of the Hockey Night Canada coverage. And, you know, thinking back to that moment in time and the amount of backlash that Strombo faced, deserved or not, a lot of that was at the expense of Don Cherry. Like a lot of a lot of the airtime Strombo was getting was at the expense of Don Cherry. And obviously, I'm not an executive at Rogers. I don't have access to, you know market research and why why they make certain decisions over other decisions but i guarantee you they made you know they had to do the calculus of around that time and they had to decide okay we're buying this brand we're we're you know we're taking over hockey Night in canada if there was a time to maybe not include don cherry i think that was it in terms of you know really drawing a line on the sand in recent years but of course they didn't do that because you know it took how long was coach's corner on the air for a room like 30 30 so, years so I've done my research. So Coacher's Corner started off as a segment because Cherry was initially hired by the CBC in 1980, but they found him to be too much of a fanboy. So they were like, hmm, we kind of like him, but like he's wildly unprofessional. We need to find him a platform in which he can wild out. So he had an iteration of the show from 1982 with Dave Hodge, but the modern Coach's Corner, as we know, it started in 1986. Okay, so it took, like, think about that. Like, 33 that's, years. 33 I, to 33 that's longer years. than I've... That's longer than I've been alive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it took that long for any executive to be able to stand up to Don Cherry and to be able to actually, you know, get rid of him. Because, you know, as Arun alluded to, there's been many times over the past few years where, you know, Don Cherry has, you know, committed a fireable offense, in my opinion. So it kind of, I, I'm, you know, we grew up with him and he's been around forever. He's obviously embedded in the culture of hockey. And I just, I think I, I kind of just got used to it. And every time I'd be watching a game on a Saturday night, the first period would end and I would either, you know, go to the bathroom, go get another drink, go talk to some friends, change the channel, turn up the music. Like, I can't remember the last time I genuinely sat down and listened to Don Cherry and was like, you know what, let me hear what this man has to say. It definitely hasn't happened since I was a child and I'm nearly 30. So you take that into account. It's just like, it's it just... You know, I kind of thought he was untouchable at a certain point. So in some respects, I am surprised that they that they did fire him. I'm happy they fired him, but it also did come as a shock, considering he said it on Saturday, and, you know, they got rid of him within 48 hours. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Will. Um, I, I would also disagree with the surprise, too, that Sportsman made the correct decision. Like, And for the record, you guys may disagree. I'm not going to applaud Sportsman for making the correct decision. But they did. And that was surprising to me because I honestly thought that they were going to make a calculated decision to say that he brings in viewership, you know, it's worth it, it will all go away soon. Because based on the tenor of their first statement that they put out this weekend, it was like, we spoke to Don, we're sorry on behalf of the network. So I was really kind of quietly seething for two days thinking that they weren't going to do it. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I mean, uh, I think that's a good point. I think, uh, 
I mean, even beside the business decisions and the sports decisions and whether or not he's a good like commentator or not, I just think that which, he isn't. which yeah, I, I clearly I don't really think he's that much of a commentator. Although to be honest, I'm I'm not watching that much hockey, but like. <laughs> I don't know, man. If you if you are in that prominent position, like you guys mentioned, um, he is, uh, you know, for better or for worse, he was a Canadian institution. Like uh, I remember, one of the like the first sport I watched uh, coming to Canada was hockey. Like me and my dad, uh, we tried to assimilate. Um, obviously, hockey was like the overwhelmingly most popular sport here, especially when we came over in two thousand. And the Leafs were actually pretty good back then. Shout out to Alexander McGillney. Um, hey. No, but seriously, though, like, you know, we tried to assimilate and we watched them and we're like, okay, this is how Canadians talk. And I think, honestly, my dad learned a lot of English just from watching, you know, uh, the free CBC broadcast. Back then, if you just had an antenna, you would get free um, broadcasting just based on, um, you know, if you had a TV, even if you didn't get cable, if you just had literally like an antenna. I feel like I'm explaining technology that's like 100 years old, but this was only like you know, 20 years ago, but regardless, like that's how influential he is. And for someone to have that position, for someone to have that much responsibility and that much of an audience, like there has to be some responsibility that comes with it. And part of responsibility is consequence. And the thing is like, this man has escaped consequence for like three decades and he continues to not just, um, offend, but to like publicly shape like the the process of what people are going to think about the, the the way people are going to be the the culture of what the sport is like it shouldn't be defined by this 80 year old man who has clearly has a lot of issues with things like i don't know climate change or like um you know the way the toronto raptors dress because apparently you know uh the black players on the raptors dress too garishly even though they're mostly just wearing sweatpants like i, I don't even know what's offensive about the raptors dress it's not even like it's you know, that out of bounds. It's not even like the Houston Rockets or anything like that, which, you know, like I'm cool with obviously them dressing like that. I'm just saying like comparatively the Raptors, by at least by NBA standards, aren't even that much. But the point is that like this, this man shouldn't be in the position that he is um, given the takes that he has given. And finally he has faced consequence. And that's why I find it's really funny to me that there's such a strong reaction to him being let go. Like this is obviously a massive story in Canada. And it's, it's almost like what what is the what is the issue here everyone knows what the issue is it's not even necessarily uh you know just this one comment alone it's the fact that some people just feel like he has an infinite amount of privilege to basically continue doing what he's doing and they're upset and he's almost like an avatar for the people that feel that privilege being taken away from them do you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. like the, the whole sentiment behind the make america great again campaign because there is, is lies in Sherry in that he feels his country has passed him by or he believes incorrectly that Canada once was this like idyllic state and he wants to revert back to some version of Canada that he believes in his head where he's back in Kingston Ontario hanging out with Bobby Orr and some good old boys and like like that's a fictional version of the country to begin with so I don't know he um you know, I was looking at I was looking at Twitter today, and actually, I'm on it right now. The number one trend in Canada is Don Cherry is right. So, I mean, that that just tells you where the conversation is right there. Um, I had some tweets today about Don Cherry. I had someone find my personal Instagram profile and actually send me a DM telling me I'm trash, which is low key hilarious because the only other time that's ever happened is when I wrote about Drake dating a teenager last year. And some OVO fans found a picture of me and my mom and started commenting on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But 
honestly, man, just look at the internet. Like the rebel is already crowdfunding for Don Cherry. Um, you know, you have the what? John, you have Terrence Cochran over at the oh. National Post saying Don Cherry was forced into early retirement. Bro, he's 85. Ain't nothing early about that. <laughs> nothing, like, man, bro. <laughs> As you just look at it, like Don Cherry, it, he's going to become a free speech pariah. It's ultimately set up that way. And wherever he ends up next, it's 100% going to be one of those things that's, you know, uses an identity politics talking point where people that are, you know, more right leaning and do believe that, you know, our rights of freedom of speech are being taken away. And, you know, the soft liberals on the internet couldn't handle a guy talking about the troops, like this is 100% going to become weaponized. And that's my main point here that I'm trying to focus on is like, Don Cherry's gone, that's great. But I'm low key scared for what this means for discourse going forward. And actually, I forget who I was talking to, but someone I spoke to today told me that they truly believe that this, if this happened before the election, Justin Trudeau wouldn't have become the prime minister. I've seen I don't know that. How you guys feel about that. I've seen, I've seen that. I don't know if it's the same friend or whether we follow the same person online, but I've seen that take too that like it just happened before the election it would have influenced the election and you know i i like i agree with all that but i think also i wonder if this was the inevitable conclusion for cherry right because he was an institution right and he was he had no checks and balances on him first at cbc and then later at sportsnet so there was no way he was gonna get else from the air short of something like this like you know so it happened, and he finally got fired, and, you know, but this seems to be the inevitable conclusion for Don Cherry, right? Like, we kind of maybe saw some version of this happening. Yeah, of course. Maybe, right? So, I don't know. Like, and I think a lot of people who think Cherry's in the right or don't think he should be fired are viewing the outrage as, like, oh, like, this isn't a novel idea from Cherry. And again, it's not the novelty factor. It's just, like, you're using Hockey Night in Canada to be a bigot and like enough's enough so i don't know did you see um did you know that coach's corner is pre-taped yeah i did see that the cbc had a chance to retape and they didn't wow yeah or sports so retape and they didn't rather i would imagine that there are some other people behind the scenes who are maybe also saying goodbye to their jobs because ultimately yeah like it's I'm not absolving Don Cherry, obviously, what he did and said for years was horrible. But there were also people who could have killed the segment or could have retaped the segment. Like, that segment did not have to go to air, and it went to air. And that's super tragic. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think this might be a good place to pivot. Like, there might be some people behind the scenes losing their jobs. May or may not. I don't want to speculate on that necessarily. But speaking of someone who is not behind the scenes, someone who is high-profile, just as high profile as Cherry is Ron McLean. Like, how, what do you guys feel about Ron McLean's role um, in Cherry's remarks and overall, like how he's done as the co-host on Coach's Corner for 33 years now? Do you think? I guess it comes down to whether or not you believe that he's complicit, and to a certain extent, he is because he's you know he's with him every week. But I, I, I think. The Ron McLean thing is interesting because you have some people who, you know, they'll look at it and they'll say, yeah, he was with Cherry the whole way. He stood there. He literally, if you watch the segment, he gives him a thumbs up and he yep. approves of what he says in the moment, which is kind of crazy because in his apology, he said he doesn't remember. Or I don't know what, what horrible excuse he used. But then also he did he did apologize. Right. So there's kind of like two ways to look at it. Personally, I don't I don't really care for Ron McLean, but I know that some people 
there there is an argument that people make where they they build the narrative that Ron McClain actually hates Don Cherry and Ron McClain doesn't want to host Coach's Corner and Ron is forced to be a babysitter. But at a certain point, I mean, like, come on. as an adult, yeah. as a man, as someone as someone who's you know been around you know even a broadcaster for such a long time, you know if. if there is a point to kind of put your foot down and say, "Hey, I'm not going to do this." So, Bro, I'm this willing man has to options. that if he's like 17 years old, but he's not. He's not 17. So, like, I don't know. What do you think, Will? I mean, he has options. I think honestly, here's the thing: when people protect people like this, it's again, it's 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 not. It's about escaping consequence, unless they're like completely caught red-handed, and it's kind of similar to the Ron thing, or to, to the Don thing in the first place. But I, I, to me. When I watched the clip and I saw him sort of tacitly approve of what's going on, I think he's like most other well, quote unquote, well-meaning whites who are like very privileged in this situation. They wouldn't realize that it's offensive and whether they apologize for it afterwards after being recognized, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you know, at least good on him for apologizing, you know, but at, but it's the same thing. It's just people who are privileged, people who in this case, I think the ultimate privilege was someone like Don is that like it's always these people that get to define and change the rules on what is Canadian, what's not Canadian. I think that's probably the worst part about being, um, I guess, what are we considered? Like, well, I guess you guys are literally born here. So, like, there's literally nothing you guys can do. You know what I mean? Like, but that's crazy just because you guys, you know, are of Indian descent, like, and because I'm from Chinese descent, like, it, we will just never be seen as fully Canadian. And it's always these people, they get to define what that means. And even though like, you know, you, you're born here. That's the rule is that the law is that you're born here. You are Canadian. If you, uh, pass a citizenship test, you are Canadian. If you, uh, your parents pass a citizenship test and you are under a certain age, then you therefore also become Canadian. Like these are the rules. The rules are not whether or not you go out and buy a fucking poppy, man. Like what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? And I think that's where, again, like, I don't know, man. You can demonize Ron. You can not demonize him, whatever you want. But the, the the point is that in the moment, he was too privileged to not pick up on why it was offensive. And I think it's just he's a white guy. He's been sort of comfortable his whole life, whether he chooses to take a stand or he doesn't choose to take a stand, whether he apologizes or not. You know, the problem doesn't even affect him, really, until it has to. So, no, you know what I mean? You're 100% it's just so right. privileged, Qu- man. Quickly on that, I think Ron is complicit. You know, I mean, he took the job when he was 26 years old. He's now 60 years old. Like, you know, he was complicit. He knows. He knows better than that. And, you know, when I was when I was like a younger kid, I thought, you know, to the point of being baby. Like, I felt bad for Ron McLean when I was like a teenager. You know, I was like, well, he had to put up a cherry. But like, no, like you've had ample opportunity to speak out against your co-host or condemn him or be. You know, that's not you know, that's not right or that's not necessarily like what I stand for, but he never exercised it. Also, my second point as it relates to McLean and I guess, you know, the institution hockey as whole is this hometown hockey segment that Sportsnet's running. Like, that was Ron McLean's baby. It's his passion project and they basically go to small towns across the country every week as part of like, you know, the Hockey Night Canada coverage, right? And they'll go across the country to represent what real Canada looks like. And basically... As part of this project, which was meant to be like, you know, we're celebrating, you know, local hockey organization, minor hockey, you know, what have you. It's really become into like, this is what real Canada looks like in the opinion of Ron McLean and those who work with him. And those of you who live in major urban centers, 
are not as Canadian. You know? The whole hometown hockey project, think about it. Hometown hockey's never going to pull up the Saga. Hometown hockey's not going to pull up the Brampton. Hometown hockey's not going to pull up the Surrey. You know what I mean? Hometown hockey is specifically targeting small and be like, this is a prime example of Canadiana. And like, Canadiana basically is just typical white privileged men or just, just no diversity whatsoever. And that's, that's the problem is that you have an institution as recognized as Hockey Night Canada pushing this forward. So, yeah, McLean's complicit, McLean's complicit for sure. Yeah, and look, to the, lar- you- to the larger point, sorry, Slash, but like to the larger point, yeah. it's like, you know, th- th- at what time was it Canada? And what, at what time was it defined as Canada? Who were the people that define who, what is Canada? Uh, and are they going to let anyone else in ever since? Because I don't know. It's it's two completely different things, right? There's First off, like, if we just go into the history of Canada, it's very fucking brutal. And it's a colonized land and that we all live on now. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, again, who gets to define who is, what is Canadian and what is, what is, who's not Canadian? Like, it just feels like, I don't know, man. Uh, it feels like they'll never allow the country to be yours and they'll never allow you to be fully Canadian. You can just, like, sit there. You can sort of sit in your part and you can buy your poppy and whatever and maybe they'll let you live. But for the most part, the subtle undertone is that you will never be Canadian, and and that I guess that's the that's the most fucked up part of it. Especially since that, like, bro, you have no actual fucking claim to this shit either. You know what I mean? Yep, big facts, big facts. That's the that's the most frustrating part. Like, you know, Don Cherry and Ron McLean don't get told me that they're more Canadian than me. Yeah, you like know? on what basis were they more Canadian? What the fuck? Right. Like, yo, and I pay taxes. Like, no. I respect the fucking laws. It, I vote. It, what the fuck? And if it seems like I'm speaking like slowly or calmly or like it's because I'm quietly like fucking seething still two days after the fact, you know, I'm still enraged. You know, it's part of my job to cover hockey for a living. It's a dream job. I love it. But Don Cherry is everything that is wrong with the sport and he's gone. And then, you know, there's half the country believes that, you know, we're being social justice warriors or whatever. I don't know, man. Like, it's a... Look, it can only mean good things going forward that he's gone, right? But just like it's gonna, it's gonna be an ugly week. So let's call it is, man. I'm bracing for the worst. I'm like I'm pissed. Um, and I gotta say, like, I missed McLean's apology in real time because I like tuned into Leafs despite my despite it being a function of my job to watch the Leafs. Like, I tuned into the broadcast late because I was just like, fuck it. Do I really want to see like this sports net broadcast? and like this pregame shit you know what I mean mm-hmm. I mean and I didn't tune into the Leafs game and tune into the Toronto Raptors much more fun um, but it was, it was a tough thing for me that as someone who covers hockey for a living you know loves it to be like oh fuck do I really want to watch this game tonight and that's where I got to so that's tough man I I definitely get the quiet rage part I, I know you said that you know you don't expect this story to end this week. I would actually take that further. I don't think this story is ending anytime soon. Um, I think, you know, Don Cherry's really set up to be a free speech martyr and a pariah for people that don't know any better. Honestly, like I, I genuinely, I, I know everyone was joking around today and there was a lot of, um, you know, there was a lot of banter in terms of like, 
where does Don Cherry end up next? Is he gonna is he gonna run for office? Is he gonna work for the National Post? Is he gonna get a podcast at the Rebel? Like everyone was getting you know jokes off about his next move, but genuinely. I do think there is going to be a next move and I do think he is going to get a lot of coverage. And I don't think this story is going away anytime soon because John Don Cherry will work again. He, as you saw today, he's got so many fans and it's like, there's such a large part of this country loves Don Cherry. And that's obviously a problem in and of itself, but it is a fact that we have to reckon with. And you consider that and you consider that some place is going to give him an outlet and an opportunity to espouse his views. And ultimately, part of giving him that opportunity means that you give him free reign to say whatever the fuck he wants. And you don't think he's going to comment on this situation? I think, if anything, this makes Don... I mean, I hope it doesn't. But I think the most likely scenario is this makes him more xenophobic. Probably. And that, in and of itself, won't make it go away because that's going to lead to aggregation. That's going to lead to people being asked about it. Like... I I hope this doesn't happen, but I have a bad feeling about this story, guys. I think it's going to last in a news cycle, Sash. I definitely agree with you there. Like I think it's going to be extend beyond this week and last a news cycle. But where I disagree is like you know him growing stronger. He's eighty five years old, man. It's more likely that he's going to die to be like a prominent voice of the rebel in five years. I'm not. I don't think he's going to be a prominent voice. I just think that this cherry thing is. It's gonna get coverage. Oh, like, that, it's, that, it's, gonna, it's gonna continually get coverage, and it's I gonna don't. continually be brought up. And you saw today, like, you know, a lot of NHL players and coaches were asked about it at their at their practices or whatever media availabilities they had. Mm-hmm. I just, I really don't. I agree with you guys. Like, I don't think. I think okay, okay, he's gone. Let's move on. Like, I think we're all in agreement on that point. But I doubt the media's ability to move on. Do you think it's do you think it's the media or do you think it's going it's the um you know conservative fan base that makes up kind of Cherry's like support group that's going to I keep think it's the I think it's both but I do think part of the blame is with the media because listen Cherry Cherry gave exclusive quotes to Joe Warmington today which I mean of course Joe Warmington got the scoop right. but you know I, I I follow a lot of sports media publications they all aggregated those quotes and made their little memes and made their little photos and I think maybe not, you know, long term, but I do think in the next, you know, little bit, whatever Cherry says, like the next time he goes on air, the next time he gives an interview, the next time he does something, I, I do think like obviously the, you know, his fandom, they'll cover it. But I do think the mainstream media will, because like let's face it, like people are interested in reading about this topic, and that often is what drives the views agenda. Quickly, will are we mainstream media? Like that's I always wondered when that when that kind of that that term gets brought up. You know what I mean? Because like invariably I'm going to have to cover it. You know what I mean? If Don Cherry if Don Cherry speaks publicly, it's newsworthy. Like I'm 100 percent going to cover it. Yeah, I think it we is, are, yeah. and I think you guys are. Yeah, honestly, like when I say mainstream media, I mean like everyone except for like alt right fake news sites. Like yeah. I do, yeah. I do think like everything, every, you know, every any website that isn't espousing fake news and you know covers something you're part of the media doesn't matter what level of access you have doesn't matter whether you're, whether you're behind a paywall or not at least in my opinion i don't know i don't know you guys might think differently no no i don't i don't i just wanted to define it just for clarity for the sake of the episode and for us going forward because like we are in media you know 
And sometimes people will be like, oh, the media. I'm like, I am media, you know? And, like, if Don Cherry speaks, it's newsworthy. And if, you know, Don Cherry says something like bullshit to Joe Warmington, like, we have to aggregate it, you know? It is what it is. I mean, it's not going to, but that's not a function of it being like, well, the media is pushing it out there. You know what I mean? I mean, they are pushing it out there, but they're pushing it out there because it's newsworthy. Yeah, it's a major, it's a major news story. Yeah, and it's, it's not going anywhere. It's a major news story. Like, yeah, we'll have like continued coverage. Like, I'm gonna have a piece up this week. Like, you know, absolutely. It's a, it's an ugly, frustrating story to cover, but one that reached its inevitable conclusion, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Look, I mean, ultimately, they got an 85 year old dude out of the paint. Um, you know, you can't even say okay, boomer to him because he's not a boomer technically. Man was born in the 30s. Yeah, he's one of the 30s, man. That's like, wild. Also, I didn't know he lived in Mississauga. Okay, let's let's talk about that as a very pro. <laughs> Maybe the official podcast of Mississauga, Ontario. Yeah, we are. Uh, I'm wearing. Yo, my- send. Cut the check, Bonnie Crombie. Yo, I'm wearing I'm wearing my Raba T-shirt underneath my sweater in all their <laughs> fellow people of color today. And, and just to be all clear, right. Arun does not work at the Rabas. No, no, he's not an employee. Yo, he's not working. I know. When I was like, when I was shooting like one of my two videos today, I was getting mic'd up, and one of my producers like saw like my Raba shirt. He's like, "Is that a Raba shirt?" I'm like, yeah. He's like, "Where did you get it?" I'm like, "I made it." He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I got my Robber shirt custom made. So I'm wearing my one of one Robber shirt right now. Wow. Um, never doubt yeah. how much about this life for is. I know, I know Sasha was saying like, yeah, it's been banned and stuff. And it, and it has. But like that was like my first reaction when it happened. Like I made a joke about how Don Cherry's legacy is leading the O2 Ice Dogs to an 11 win season. But um, get, getting back on track here, like how does this man live in Saga? Honestly, how do you go outside and be that racist and not like shit your pants out of like out of fear? I don't know. I don't know. You know, like do we I mean, know what part of Saga he lives in. It's been long rumored that he lives in Lorne Park or Port Credit. I was gonna say Port Credit. See him more. Yo, there's no way that man lives in Meadowville. I'll say that. If we, yeah, I mean, if you, if you see him in MDV, tell me. I'll pull up on the 10 North bus and find him. No, I'm kidding. No, but I'm too like shouldn't say that. But no, no, honestly, like, how does this man like live in Saga and like? Like, go to the grocery store. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, how does he do day-to-day tasks? Like, does he just, like, live in his house and get, like, jettisoned, like, to the uh, to the studio and back? Honestly, knowing how most 80-year-old people work, he's probably at home. He The extent of him going out is he picks up the Toronto Sun that comes to his door, probably flips to the back page to check out the Sunshine Girl, and then reads whatever fucking bullshit he's reading. I mean, oh man, um, you're probably not wrong. Nope. Like, and he's probably wearing a bathrobe. <laughs> oh no! Look, just just to be clear, the official stance of No Cop No Cat Podcast is that we do not condone violence. Okay, now that that disclaimer's out of the way, like, how's this guy going outside? Honestly, <laughs> uh, it is what it is, man. It is yeah, what it imagine, is. Imagine, imagine us immigrants are actually quite imagine peaceful. Imagine you're in Saga. Imagine you're in Saga and you call it Uberpool and Don Cherry's in the back of you. Oh God. No man. No, and also Don Cherry's not taking Uberpool. Come on. He's taking like like Uber Comforts or something. Like, I don't Uber- know, man. He's, he's people, probably not taking Ubers altogether, like man. That. No, big fat. How many how many white Uber riders or drivers are there these days? No, yeah. No, not no. He's taking that. No, that's a question. When was the last time you had a white Uber driver? Seriously. No, it's been a long time. Like it really I, it's been has. A couple- 
it's been a couple of months. Mine was rather memorable. Like this guy was just like a happy, like old, like very like polite, very cheerful dude who just okay. seemed to be like a like just lived in Toronto his whole life. We had this conversation and he was telling me about like how he's like lived in Toronto forever and like how he really enjoys it and like how this neighborhood used to look a little different or like this place used to be bomb right here. Like he, this guy, this Uber driver reminded me of like what Dan Reynolds is gonna be in forty years. Like, uh, <laughs> Yo, Dan Reynolds <laughs> is like, dressed like a taxi driver. <laughs> no, 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 not, not aesthetically. This guy, uh, just in terms of like you know Reynolds has an encyclopedic knowledge of the city of Toronto. This is meant to be a shadow, man. Oh man. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm like, sorry. Oh, sorry I ruined that. But no, we're, like, we're, just like bored Reynolds in 40 years, you know, like he's just got nothing to do one day. He'll pick up a nice young person and then he'll tell them about the city of Toronto. Man, oh big I'm, I'm just saying like uh, people wearing Kangol hats. It's like Dan Reynolds and taxi drivers, you know, and Bruce Arians. and what and Bruce Arians and Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, I had a I had a white Uber driver in the summertime. It was actually right after the championship because I was I was really hyped. And uh, I got into his Uber, and he had a pre-recorded message that played. Like, I literally sat in the back, and he presses play, and it goes, Welcome to my Uber. Please make yourself at home. If you need to charge your phone, use the cord right in front of you. Please help yourself to some of the amenities. Dude, there was water, there was snacks, there was two different Game Boys with different games in them. And there was a guest book underneath in, like, the middle, and he turned around before he started driving, and he like looks me right in the eye and he goes, open up that guest book and write down your hopes and dreams. It was uh, oh. it was an experience. Wow. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I can't remember the last time I had a Uber, white Uber driver, but <laughs> I hope to get one of the ones that you guys had. Dude, this guy was wild. I like flipped through the guest book and I made a joke. I was like, are you just getting people to write down their hopes and dreams so you can like steal them? And I was joking, but he thought I was serious. And so then he got like really serious all wow. of a sudden. It's like, do you think I am making you comfortable to steal your dreams? I was like, okay, man, I'm I'm just gonna put my headphones in now. Uh, we're we're not gonna talk. <laughs> anyway, yeah, fun times. Not. Don Cherry, yeah. Where do you think he ends up next? Uh, honestly, I'm not sure. I mean, he'll obviously get offers, but like, you know, does he just like hang it up? Honestly, political punditry. I mean, yeah, oh, um, honestly, I don't know, man. I can just see the guy just hanging out at the Royal Canadian Legion for the rest of his days. Yo, what do you? What do they do with that slot? Actually, I think that's a more interesting question. So, between the first and second period, what what happens? Like, please I, tell me we're not getting Coach's Corner with Tim and Sid because I can't do that. I would, yeah, nor can I. I would, I would hope that like sports and embraces. Um, What's working for them? Like, I think Elliot Friedman's clearly the best part of that broadcast. You know, David Amber's not been bad either. You know, Friedman is, you know, it's like legitimately like having like hockey's watching Rowski. I guess that's Bob McKenzie, never mind. But it's like having a major insider who's like breaking news or, you know. Yeah, that sounds like, I think, And I think that's going to be the best part of the broadcast. So giving Elliot Friedman a larger platform, giving Faisal Kamisa a larger platform, you know, oh, there's a lot of good people there. Shout out Faisal, you know. Hire, you know, maybe hire a well, like people of color, you know. Whoa, maybe. wait, what was that? Hire people of color. Yep, bro, that's radical. I don't know if we can do that. For hockey and Canada, maybe dig into Canada's like women's hockey team program. You know, yo, hire uh, Ailish. There's a lot. Hire Ailish Warfar is one of the best in the biz. The homie. Yeah, for she's real. great. But we need her at Yahoo Sports Canada. Oh, that's man. right. Yeah, no, but don't hire her. Just, <laughs> just give her a very luxurious offer. <laughs> that, that we, that we have to match. Canada. 
If I can end Kendall wants to hire Eilish, she gets my full endorsement. She's great. Um, no, but but this, and I don't mean this as a joke. Though. Seriously, they should like look into hiring like women professional hockey players for the broadcast. You know, they should look into like kind of diversifying the scope of the broadcast. And um, but if they want to go for a quick fix, like I would say within their own network, give like Elliot or Faisal or David Amber like more time. Yeah, I mean it's not like they uh, don't have like fifty different hockey people there. So, but the problem is, and if you ask me, no shortage, man. Maybe I shouldn't be talking like spicy, but like the range of like quality is obviously there. Like Elliot Freeman's as good as it gets. You know, some of their columnists in West Canada are, you know, shouldn't be writing for a living. You know, just let's call it. No cap. So. Wow. No hat boy. So within their hockey talent, yeah, there's like a wide range of quality. And I think like the part, like the network really should just reevaluate what's working for them. And honestly, take a deep look at itself. Like what's working for us? You know, what parts of the broadcast are people responding to? What parts of the broadcast are people not necessarily responding to, but that we need to do to make it more informative and more inclusive of the 2019 experience? And also like, man, I don't know, maybe they should like talk to their social media teams. Their social media teams are smart enough and young enough. Like, hey guys, like what are your insights into how we make the broadcast better? Because it seems like the young people at Sportsnet often don't get a lot of a much of a voice there. Let's call it what it is. So the Toronto Raptors. Hey. Oh, Toronto Raptors. All right. No, are we actually going to talk about the Raptors? Why not? Yeah, I mean, just real, real quickly. I mean, the, the Raptors are about to play the the Clippers later tonight, so the tenor of this conversation might change. But uh, yeah, the Raptors. Suicide Squad, I would say, really, because no Kalari, no Serge Ibaka, smacked up the Lakers. And what I gotta, I gotta say, I mean, I know the Raptors just won the championship and everything, but bro, this was very fun, very, very fun. Like, uh, you know, it was late on a Sunday. You got to be real hardcore to even stay up for that game. Obviously, expectations were going in were very low, but uh, to to watch the likes of Chris Boucher, Rondé Hollis Jefferson. And Terrence Davis, obviously along with Fred and Pascal, tear apart the Lakers uh, in the fourth quarter was very, very satisfying. And it just reminded me of like, man, we're so blessed to watch a team that's this much fun. You know what I mean? Like, they're just fun to watch all the time. I agree, man. Honestly. Like, last night with the Chris Boucher game, I think, like, all caps, like, in title case, the Chris Boucher game, like, it was the best... I mean, I'll obviously defer to you guys, but it was the best performance as an oh, NBA easily, player. Easily. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, my cousin, who was a Lakers fan, Anand, shout out to Anand, good dude, was just like, he's like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> he's killing us. Bro, people have been calling him <laughs> the Block Quebecois. That's, that's a great name. That's fucking phenomenal, bro. That's a, yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah. Who's been calling yo, is him? Is it true? Is it true they used to work at a Saint Hubert? I saw that. Yeah, is yeah. that true? It's true. That's true. Man. Yeah, definitely. Wow. He was a dishwasher, bro. That, at like 16 because his mom up. kicked him out. That's a glow up. And then last night he's at Staples Center blocking LeBron repeatedly. Repeatedly? He was blocking LeBron. His defense was Anthony standing. Davis getting blocked. Dude, there's something really, really jarring about watching, you know, what's supposed to be the best defense in the NBA and then just watching, you know, Terrence Davis and Rondé pick and roll absolutely <laughs> shred them every single time down the floor. Uh, Yo, I love order. it. Terrence Davis threw down on three fucking dudes there. Yeah, man. yeah. You know, that guy's got hops, man. That guy's got crazy hops. Um, yeah, I, I honestly didn't know what to make of Terrence Davis and Raptor sign up. It's not like I had a necessarily strong opinion either way. I was just like, okay, cool, I guess. 
he's a next developmental project, but man, like he got some game, man. Yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't play like that every single game, but clearly that shows some potential in the kid. And uh, honestly, like that game reminded me a lot of in 2018 when the Raptors won 60 games that year before LeBron, you know, did the thing. Um, the Raptors played the Cavaliers. Obviously, LeBron was there. And in that game, similar to this one, Kyle and Serge both out, and there were very low expectations. Uh, it was on the road, and the Raptors just smacked them. They smacked the Cavaliers by, like, 20 points. Like, I'm talking Malcolm Miller was in the game at the end hitting threes. And it was, <laughs> at that point, it was the bench mob who, at, you know, people were like, who are these guys? You know, DeLon Wright, um, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, Yaka Proto coming off the bench. People are like, who are these dudes? You know, those weren't necessarily the Raptors' most established guys. And to see the new generation just, like, basically two years or a year later is kind of nuts. It really is like it's just it kind of goes to show sort of the Raptors organizational depth, right? Like everyone praises the Spurs for being able to just plug and play guys, which, by the way, hasn't actually been true in the last couple of years because they're they're not even a 50 win team anymore. But the Raptors are just consistently able to uh, find these guys, develop them, make them play a role. And then when they get a chance, you know, they, they shine. And so uh, it just makes me very proud of the Raptors as a whole. They they make me very proud to be a Raptor fan. Man, uh, I, I fully agree with the developmental aspect. Would you say maybe it's a bit of a reach, but would you say the Raptors nine hundred five is maybe like the Raptors like biggest like weapon? The fact that they can just like have such a strong developmental program where you've seen Fred and OG. Well, I'm not necessarily OG Fred and a bunch of these guys. Out of Pascal, Pascal, you know what I mean. Like, Chris Boucher, G League MVP, legit NBA player now. Like, legit NBA player now. I mean, not to say, like, every night it's going to be like that against the Lakers, but you know what I mean? Like, do you think that might be the Raptors' biggest asset in the sense that they can, you know, going forward, they can continue to develop these dudes, keep them, like, relatively inexpensive, and then just, you know, get, get star power? And, you know, do you think that will be, like, a selling point, too? Like, look, we have, like, a constant stream of young talent that's only going to get better and better. Or am I just thinking too far? I think, I mean, like, if you're an undrafted player, right, and, you know, there's a couple teams that are, there's a few teams interested in you for, you know, whether it's summer league or signing you. Like, you have to really look at our player development. I think that's fair. Like, I'm not sure if I'd say it's, like, the biggest strength, but, like, man, like, look at at Terrence Davis, right? Like, I... I've gotten to the point now where when Masai and Bobby just look at an undrafted player or they draft some guy I've never heard of before or they, they just they do their thing, I just don't question it. Like I'm just like, all right, great. Like I've like it, it's it's truly remarkable how good they are at this, right? Like they've you know, they hit they've hit on so many of these. It's 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 yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's like that's why like when the Raptors signed Cameron Payne and the reaction was just like, Oh, why? What the fuck? I'm like, listen, man, I know Cameron Payne's not good, but Messiah and Bobby get an A plus on any transaction they make for the next two years. So sure. Yeah, that one might be an F though. That one might be an F objectively, but you know what? It's a it's a, we'll give it a not applicable grade because again, like when they signed him, I was just like, Oh, okay. I guess Messiah and Bobby see something in him that we don't. So if we beat the Clippers tonight, which by the time this comes out, the game will be over. So let's say we win the Clippers. Um, uh, you're overestimating so last, how much I, effort I put into editing these podcasts, man. They'll probably be up before. 
Oh mm-hmm. man, great! All right, put it up before, but people aren't gonna listen to it before. Uh, so whatever. It's who knows? Still, it's still like that. It's a podcast. But like, yeah. let's say, let's say you got to, let's say the game is still on. You're somehow at this part. If we beat the Clippers, um, there should probably be another parade because I'm gonna be hyped as fuck. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, and bro. This time, you know, last time I went to Nathan Phillips and people got shot right next to me. So this time, I'm not gonna do that. So just tell me where to pull up, and I'll meet up with you guys. There we go. Last time I was at the office, and I basically set up like two screens, like a police blotter, um, throughout like the majority of the parade, and just watched everything. And then Will comes back wearing his Jeremy Lin jersey, breaking every rule of formal media ethics in the process. But it, it was a fantastic jersey and a really fun day. But then I met up with you guys later, and we went to All Stars, and man, what a time! <laughs> what an amazing time! Last night felt like a championship, though. I'm not gonna lie, like I was having so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, honestly, it really was funny. Like, it was it was just fun to watch the timeline go nuts, you know? Honestly, I needed that game. After this was a depressing week of, like, the Leafs, like, losing to the Flyers in a shootout on Saturday, losing to Black Axe on Sunday, and the Don Cherry shit. Like, I needed the Raptors to win. And the team, and TFC lost. So, like, man. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, for people who follow both the Leafs and the Raptors, like, we needed that win just to make our spirits. Like, I was like, okay, good. I need that. And it slept comfortably. But, yeah. I mean, personally, uh, City uh, <coughs> Liverpool beat City three one. Like I said, like I said, <laughs> so I, I didn't need to necessarily need to pick me up, but I appreciate it when I'm working until two a.m. for the Raptors to play well. <laughs> Yo, same. We we beat uh, Brighton and we climbed to seven. Oh yeah, yeah. So Congratulations, I was bro. Fucking stoked after that. Thank you, man. You're not that far we're, behind City nowadays, seven. you know. <laughs> Dude, we're 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 trying to catch up to Sheffield now. That's the new goal. I believe. I was, I I was hyped as shit after that. I was like, we scored three goals. That never happens. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. <laughs> oh man, you guys want to? Uh, you guys want to take a little break here and come around the back end for questions? Let's do it. Let's do that. Welcome back uh, to this episode, uh, the Don Cherry Emergency and Raptors Fun episode of the No Cap Podcast. Uh, as always, we're at No Cap Pod on Twitter. Uh, ask us questions, follow us, rate us on iTunes. Um, you know, I changed our bio recently and I said, we're going to read out every review we get on iTunes on the air. And I mean that. So leave us a review and we'll read it out. First question comes from Dan Reynolds. Uh, who Will has pegged as a future Uber driver <laughs> at aka underscore Reynolds. I love he you. Asks, You're my guy. He asks, will Don Cherry run as a member of the CPC or the PPC? Oh, man. Or, what do you think? Yo, neither, man. Neither. He's, I don't know. <laughs> I also, uh, I'm going to say neither. I mean, I know it's part of the pants, but he's going to just sit at home and piss his pants when he sees another brown person. Wow. Uh, what about you, Will? Yeah, I mean, it'd be a great, it'd be a big gap for the PPC, but I feel like the CPC have the advantage here. Honestly, I'm just, I'm picturing him debating right now, and it's, oh, it's kind of funny. Uh, He's perfect. So the next question comes from Doctor Shanks. Yo, shout uh, out, shout out to you. Shout out my yes. guy, shout out my guy, Doctor Shanks, for being on the road for as many Toronto Raptors finals games as I was. <laughs> Yeah. This man was not Bacha for like a full solid two months, man. I saw him in Milwaukee. I saw him 
in Golden State. It was a good time, man. It was a good time. Anyway. Good time, man. Yo, tell me how, like, just tell me how much clout I gotta get to get on that plane with you, Nav, and Sam McDaddy. I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to live your life, bro. Seriously, man. Uh, <laughs> he asks, who replaces Don as number seven on the all-time Canadians list? Drake or Chris Boucher? And I'll read you guys the list out right now. So it was CBC TV's Greatest Canadians List. I believe they did this in 2004. Okay. Yep. So the top seven right now: number one, TC Douglas. Number two, uh-huh. Terry Fox. Okay. Number three. Pierre Trudeau. All right. Number four, Sir Frederick Banting. I don't know who the hell that is. I think he invented insulin. Something yeah, medical. He didn't invent banter. Yo, we went to U of T. There's like bare buildings named after him. Anyway. You think I paid attention? All right. I, number I five, David Suzuki. I feel like he should be higher. Yo, shout out David Suzuki. Yo, shout out Nick Suzuki. Number six, uh, Lester Pearson. And number seven, Don Cherry. So Drake or Chris Boucher? Well, what do you think? Uh, Chris Boucher, man. Yeah, there's a not, yeah. not enough French Canadians on that list. <laughs> so there you go, there you go. It, if you'd asked me last night, I would have screamed Chris Boucher, and <laughs> no, no disrespect to Boucher. No, I'm gonna give it up for Drizzy one time. Wow. Yeah, I mean, the fact that the most popular artist of all time is from like North York, I feel like is. You know, worth celebrating, and I feel bad that he got booed last night. So I'm going to say Drake as well. Why did he get booed again? Because he's not. Uh, so there was a rumor going around on Reddit that Frank Ocean was going to be the secret headliner, and uh, it wasn't. It was Drake. And then he came out, and you know, fans were were pissed about it, which is low key hilarious. Because like, yeah. it's not like you promised Frank Ocean and you got Ram Riddles. Like you got fucking Drake, dude. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd be okay, disappointed too, question. though. Honestly, I, I kind of would love to see Frank in live, but you know. Yo, I love it too, but like. Have some respect, I'm please. Still down to see, I'm still down to see Drake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, next question at VJ Vemu. Uh, he asks, how does Arun feel about the Bills? And how optimistic is he about them being a playoff team? Also, what do you guys think about the play of Terrence Davis so far this season? I think we answered that Terrence Davis part earlier. So, Rune, Bills, let's hear it. Um, how do I feel about the Bills? In a dispatch to my fantasy football group, my friends from high school, some of whom are Bills fans, I expressed like a lot of like pessimism about the franchise and why it's not right to be optimistic. And people were like, "But the Bills have a really good defense, and they have been." And you know, but my whole thing is like getting excited about the Bills perpetuates the cycle of toxicity that surrounds this franchise. So I'm not trying to get my hopes up. Uh, I mean, look, less bleakly, the defense has been outstanding. They've been good. Yes, I do think they made the playoffs, but that's more a reflection of how bad the AFC is. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, how do I feel about the Bills? I mean, I'm not getting my hopes up. I wish them well. They're a six and three team that could easily become an eight and eight team, and that pathway has been there before. Um, if you want to look up football reference, Vijay, there's Bills team is most comparable to 2018 that started off uh, five and one, and I believe they finished seven and nine. I mean, they look, they've got a really good defense. Josh Allen has been fine, not great. Um, do I think they made the playoffs? I do. But, like, with that said, it's not like I'm like, oh, let's go, Buffalo. I'm like, mm, when is the other shoe going to drop? So, wow. I don't know. We'll see. Talk to me in a couple of weeks. Believe in but yourself. Said, Believe in that city. So, are you optimistic or not? Because that was his question. 
I think my answer conveyed uh, extreme pessimism, did it not? Okay, all right. You just so roundabout hit I'm, him with, a, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much said this, sir, this is a Wendy's, but whatever. I'm not. Oh, man. Uh, next question comes from Shashank Srinivasan, uh, not related to Arun, as I will yep. point out every time. When uh, he, asks, he asks, Will, be honest. Is Danny still on the Yahoo Sports Canada payroll as a sleeper agent? Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, you're welcome, I guess, guys. Uh, Danny had a great performance for the Raptors last night. Uh, almost earned third star in the, uh, the the Raptors reaction podcast. You know, I had to give it up for Chris Boucher and the rest of the bench mob, but Danny was right there. You know, zero points. Huge. Massive. Um, Playoff Danny. Hey, man. That's NBA. That's two-time NBA champion Danny Green. Now, Danny's such a good dude, yeah. though. Danny's legitimately such a good dude. I hate. I, I don't even want to make jokes about him because he's such a nice guy, real gracious with his time. Obviously, all the Raptors loved him, and uh, I miss the guy. You know. Straight up, man. Yo, Danny, come back to square one. Uh, next question is from at Drame. Uh, he asked, "What would you do if you got booed at a venue, Arun? You're at a venue, you get booed. What do you do?" I don't know. It depends on the venue. It depends on what being booed for. That's a good question. Uh, let's yeah. say you're at um, a music festival and you're the special guest. And then you start singing and they're like, boo, we want Frank Ocean. Then you say, I think I would handle it as Drake. Drake handled it very gracefully. Like if it was like if it was like Trump at the World Series. I don't know like, how people just stand there and just take it. Like I would just be like, oh, fuck, it's time to dip. You know? Right. <laughs> like, they just stand there and continue to clap around as they get booed. Like... And then the more noble answer is like, oh, fuck, this was a bad move. Time for me to go now. So I don't know. Um, that would be probably my answer is like flee, I guess. I don't know, depending on how Word. serious it is. But honestly, I think the way Drake handled it was the way to go. Word. Well, what about you? It depends if I deserve it. But if you were expecting Frank Ocean and then you got me out there singing um, <laughs> Chinese karaoke, yeah. I, I'd, I'd boo me too, so... Yeah. <laughs> you thought you were getting blonde, but instead you got a React pod. <laughs> You're like, uh, <laughs> oh shit, this isn't uh, this isn't yeah. the Toronto Hot Dogs Podcast Festival. My bad, guys. Who's uh, who's Gerald Henderson? Um, <laughs> if they thought they were getting blonde, and they got blonde rune instead. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go running. Wow. Mm. Yo, bring it back. Uh, I don't know, man. If I got booed, I would probably savor it. Like, I'd pro actually no. I take out my phone and start recording it because I'm a fucking millennial at heart. Um, okay, last question. Uh, this is a special question. So this comes from my man at Carlos Vega official. So I tweeted uh, earlier today when the Don Cherry news broke. I was like, oh, Don Cherry getting fired on Remembrance Day is kind of funny, and you know it is kind of funny because. Of all the days for yeah, this yeah. man to get fired on, it just so having Remembrance Day. So this man, um, you know, blew up my mentions, uh, you know, kept blowing up my mentions. Then he found my personal Instagram account and he started tagging me and stuff on Instagram. So he tagged me in an Instagram story and he said, at Sasha Cholera is what a coward and a traitor looks like. So I responded. I said, you seem like a nice person. What's up? He goes, I am. I go, hey, man, recording a podcast tonight. You want to ask a question? So here's his question. He asks, yes, how does it feel to enjoy freedom and show zero respect for the people who have you? I'll wait for your answer. So, so I, zero, so, zero, zero respect for, sorry, whom? 
how does it feel to show zero respect for the people who show respect to you? And I believe he means the troops. And to this, Carlos, I will say, it is possible, believe it or not, to be happy about Don Cherry getting fired and to respect troops. It's called multitasking. Yeah, baby. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's 100% it. Like, you know, I'm happy to live in a country that is freedom. Um, but I don't like being get called you people by hockey media's most prominent member. So I'm good, man. Like, are you asking me this in the style of, like, that television show review where the host has to do it? Like, oh, how does it feel to be – and then just, like, search for, the ex- like, the experience of it? I don't know. Like, I ask I- because I want to make the point, and that's the point that I think I, I'm going to keep making over the coming days, which is this is going to get weaponized, and this whole Don Cherry thing is going to turn into – identity politics and a reason for people to bash one another or to make you know people are already going well canada elected a prime minister who did blackface and ultimately like people are making this it's like the kaepernick kneeling thing like people turn it into like well it's about the troops and i I just wanted to bring that up because things don't exist in a vacuum and it is very possible to condemn don cherry and be thankful and grateful for living in a country like canada and I just don't want people to miss the point on that. Um, so shout out to you, Carlos, I guess. Uh, you sent me a bunch of subsequent DMs, uh, you know, ripping me. And I just wanted to highlight that. Also, um, Carlos Vega and not Carlos Vela. I was going to say, what, what beef does Carlos Vela have with troops from Arsenal Fan TV? What's going on? I'm real confused. I don't know, man. Um, he, he, he really went in. So I just wanted to. I promised him I'd answer his questions. So, you know, I wanted to. Also, man, the Show. fucking troops are not the country. How about that? How about that, man? It, it's like no. it's always conflated the two of them. You know what I mean? It's not everything the fucking troops do is fucking noble. I'll just say that much. It's worth knowing that Yo. Don Cherry never served in the armed forces. So I mean, it's not like he was like some like troop either. Yeah, it's not like Canada Even is he was- part of a disruptive fucking force around the world that actively fights wars, displaces people, and that at least Canada has the decency to at least accommodate some of the displaced people. Only for the people here to scream at them to be grateful for the troops that fucking displaced them in the first place. Like I could definitely see why some people don't support the Canadian troops. I'll just say that much. Also, the troops are not the country, man. They're not. Yeah. What the fuck? And again, you don't get to fucking make the rules. You just fucking don't. If if you want to, if that's what you want, vote for the next. I don't know, fucking Don Cherry as fucking PPC member who will happily change the citizenship rules to reflect on whatever the fuck you want. Wear a poppy. You gotta like stand for the troops. You gotta. I don't know what the fuck else you gotta do. But maybe maybe that. But right now, the fucking legislation, the law, the land. Since this is a country that is, you know, prided on rule of law, follows rule of law, is not any of these things so you don't get to fucking make those laws like that's not that's not up for you to decide so i don't know man well said man. The remembrance well day said. is always very tough for this very reason because i obviously i respect freedom i respect the price that that comes with freedom but also freedom man like, it, i don't know man it's it, this is a very complicated day and it's not nearly as black and white as some people like to make it to be 100 percent, and ultimately you know no one forces anyone like, it's 2019. Like, I, I understand, you know, there were world wars. There are things that happened. But, like, in modern times, no one makes you join the army. And I, and I don't mean to dismay people who do join the army, but I'm just saying, like, to, to lionize these people and to, to – I just think it can, can potentially lead to a slippery slope where it's like, 
ultimately, like, if you want to join the army, go join the army. You're well within your rights to join the army. But, like, no one's making you join the army. You know what I mean? That's part of the freedom of living in this country, man. The very freedom freedom that these people are trying to weaponize against us because we're not real Canadians. So there's one thing to take away from the show is that don't let anyone define your Canadianness for you, especially Don Cherry and his own. Especially Don Cherry, especially an 85-year-old man. All right. Good shit, guys. Good shit, boys. I think that does it for the podcast. Um, Yeah, we're going to wrap up now. Uh, so thank you for listening. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes. Uh, and you know, just ask us anything. Cause like, as this episode proves, we'll answer anything. Uh, Arun is at Arun things on Twitter. Will is at William underscore Lou. And I am at Sasha Kara. We'll see you next time. Peace. I'm in love, I'm in love.